It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on the new Shine FM. This is the session. Yes. Good morning. I'm Scott Saunders here with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. So in this frosty weather, are you still getting your laps in? I am. I definitely am. I was there this morning. And how did did it go? It went really well. I worked pretty hard at it. Now, 2020 was a medical adventure year for you. How are you doing and just recovering from surgeries and COVID and everything else? I am really feeling good. I am so blessed, Scott. So thankful. I know I went through a lot. And you know, if you took one good look at me, you would go, yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) But I am thankful to be alive. I'm thankful for the exercises that that I'm getting and that it's making an impact. Oh, great. I wanted to take a negative, potentially good, but a negative and turn it into a positive. A belated happy birthday. Well, thank you. This is yes. a busy month for you. It is. It's our month of celebration. Yeah, it is. It is Tom's birthday in February, and it's also his anniversary. That's right. On Valentine's and Day. And it's also my wife's. Thank you for reminding me Uh-oh. that's coming up. But also, it's my wife's birthday also this month. That's why it's our month of celebration. Wow, you have a lot to remember. Oh, well, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so that's why the month of March is, is, is our bankrupt month because we've been. For all the now, where are your kids' birthdays at? Are they all in February too? I'm just trying yeah, to just oh. see if there was timing involved. You think I would remember? Oh, okay, that. just <laughs> no, thought I'd try. Actually, our oldest is in October, and then we go June, July, and I think March. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll work on editing that. (laughs) Maybe not. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) So today we are going to wrap up, we hope, our discussion of the nine lies that destroy marriage from uh, Jim Daly and Focus on the Family. But before we dive into that, Tom, we want to take a jump into God's Word. And let's do that, Scott. Out of Matthew 19, verses 4 through 6, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Praise the Lord. Wow. Amazing stuff. You know, the thing for me in that, that verse does not say will cling to his wife and to his mother. Mm -hmm. Now, as a mother's, as a mama's boy, that was hard for me. You had to separate. I had to separate mama from wife. And my wife would say, I still haven't done that 36 years later. (laughs) Anyway, the nine lies, we'll move into that later, Tom. I'll call you to make an appointment. The nine lies that destroy marriage. I'm sure Sherry has uh, emailed you a time or two about that. That's right. The the lies we got through last week, and you can always check those out at the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. Our happiness is the primary goal. That's a lie. Marriage is all about unity 
unity, not individuality, and the only thing couples need is love. That was kind yeah. of our Beatles throwback. All you need is love. Yeah, and we just once again have been reminded why I don't sing anywhere. All right, so we dive into number four of the nine lies that destroy marriage. You must sacrifice who you are for the sake of your marriage, which sounds an awful lot like marriage is all about in unity, not individuality. Yeah, well, and there is individuality in it. In clinical circles, Scott, we call it the I and the we circle. So if you think about three circles, all starting out the same size, one would be for the wife, one would be for the husband, and then the one in the middle, if they're side by side by side, the one in the middle would be the we circle. Those things that they share together. Okay. And then the I circle are those things that are separate. So golfing with the guys for me is in my I circle, but it's not in my wife's. Going to uh, out to lunch with her sister and her mom are typically I circle things that she does. She will go and, and do some of her ancestry stuff or she'll do something with her mom that's totally in her eye circle, but it's not in mine. But we have a very healthy we circle. So it's okay if you have some things that are just yours. Right. Like Civil War Times Illustrated. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was the last email I got from Sherry. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Civil War nut, and I will admit that. But that's something my my wife and daughter are like, yeah, okay, that's nice. I'm glad that's your thing. Just keep your magazines in the basement down next to your workbench. And she will do things with me, but it's not high on her priority list. So that's an I thing for me. Right. But then we still have things that we do together. Right. We've actually found a video that we're watching now together. Oh, how about that? It's it's a thing called the Murdoch Mysteries. Okay. And it's uh, it's placed in Toronto, and it actually airs on on Christian television, and I found it on on Hulu. And that's kind of become our thing. After the, my daughter and granddaughter go up for go up to bed, Sherry and I will sit and we'll watch a Murdoch mystery, and then I'll go to bed. So that's become a wee thing. A wee thing. And one of the things we can venture into each other's eye circles with an incredibly important tool in Christian marriage that we may have talked about before, known as honoring. Ah, yes. We honor the differences. I seem to remember the Cleveland Indians coming into your honoring at some point in time. Yes, very good. (laughs) Yeah, that was when they were winning 100 games a season, and I was getting interested in them. And then so my wife honored me by getting involved with them. Oh, which was awesome. Well, typical back then, which I think the Indians are working at it again this off season. It sounds like it from their trades. Yes, that they got they got rid of all those who they were responsible for the wins, and now all of a sudden they're losing a hundred games a season. And I don't care if I watch them or not, but my wife is hooked on it. Oh no! So now I'm honoring her by watching it. It was really cool. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, we're talking about the nine lies that destroy marriage today on the session. The next one, Tom, you must, I find it interesting that that must is in there, you must meet each other's needs. Well, and Scott, this is where it's a mystery. We've talked about there's unity, there's oneness, the threefold cord, but that threefold cord is made up of two very distinct people that are whole people. So if I'm not a whole person and I enter into marriage and, and, and it's about um, I'm expecting my wife to meet my needs and I'm not okay if she doesn't, I'm not going to be well, I'm not going to be secure in life unless she meets them, 
There might be some truth in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk afterwards. You and I can chat. Right. I'll see my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens then is, is we have a, a dependent marriage. And it's almost bordering on relationship addiction, where I'm not okay unless you take care of me and let me know that I'm okay. I'm not capable of saying I'm okay. You need, I need you to tell me that. Wow. Now, is that where the physical side of a relationship can be an issue? When, it, when the marriage becomes all about the, the bedroom Olympics mm-hmm. and not about it, the other things that make up a marriage? Well, the, the thing that, that is so devastating there, and I think you're right, is that couples that are, how do I want to say this, they're having Olympics before they have a wedding. Yes. They figure out that they like the Olympics and they want that, so they get married. But after the, the wedding and the years that follow, there's a marriage that follows the wedding. Yeah, the Olympics don't go on forever. That's true. And then they figure out they don't really like their partner. They don't really like the person they're, they're doing this with, so that doesn't happen. And they're not in a healthy situation. And so consequently, that can be problematic, whereas relationship addiction is more emotional, meaning emotionally I'm not okay, psychologically, likely, mentally I'm not okay. But I need you, my spouse, to tell me I'm okay. And we'll put this in right now. If you right. kind of sense that in a relationship, oh boy, probably get a hold of Tom. Yes. I mm-hmm. would venture that might be a good idea for you to do. All right, next, as we discuss the nine lies that destroy marriage, your differences are irreconcilable. Oh, yes. I can't believe I got that word out. Well, that's a big one for a Big <laughs> Ten education. That's a big one for a Big Ten education at this time of the morning. You got you it. You have, Scott. I've, I've heard you say that before. I even remembered that. Yeah. So, you can say that. Irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable differences there. I'm still working on it. To submit to one another out of reverence for Christ is honoring, which we talked about. You want to submit one to another. The differences, one significant difference between healthy marriage and unhealthy marriage, between connected and disconnected, between functional and dysfunctional marriage is how they handle differences in conflict. Healthy, connected, functional marriage is fine. Healthy, functional, connected, and functional ways. <laughs> I got I got disconnected from your connection. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there for a minute, and so that means that they, they'll they'll either get some help from their pastor at church. They may end up in, in counseling, but they find a a healthy way to go about it. That's the whole the whole big difference. So I'm I'm hearing the couple that doesn't. One likes to fight, the other one doesn't. That's a big one I hear a lot about. Well, she just loves to argue because she's got she wins all the time, and I don't, so I don't argue. Well, Scott, have you ever won an argument? <laughs> don't <No>. answer that. <laughs> no. In fact, if there is ever a time when I am right, uh huh, both my wife and my daughter, okay, consider putting it on a calendar so that there's a note that I was right. <laughs> I have a text on my phone for the second time this year. I can tell you, you were right. <laughs> yeah, well, Scott, I think we just learned that our views are not necessarily those of the management. I've heard that one before, too. <laughs> Next of the nine lies that destroy marriage, you must work hard to earn your spouse's love. 
Well, this is really important to me. I believe this professionally, but I've practiced it personally for more than 45 years. I think that's right. Coming up on 46, yes. That's right. Yes, it's coming up on 46. That's true. And that is, it's not work. People say, oh, yeah, we got to work in our marriage. I don't agree necessarily. Maybe maybe if you're in a pretty unhealthy state, it might be like work. But if you're proactive and you prioritize your marriage, it doesn't necessarily need a lot of major overhauling. It's something that's fun. It's what some people call work, and that may not just not be the right word for it. It may just be that, okay, you understand how this process works, and you always go, you go through steps. Yeah, I don't think we work at putting oil in the engine. Which I need to do. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, wrong, that, that wrong rabbit hole. That was the third paragraph in Jerry's email. <laughs> oh, oh, that's boy. great. But what we do is we prioritize it. And you know what? We do things together. The, the five-cylinder intimacy engine of marriage is firing on all five cylinders. Then it's not a lot like work. Then it becomes fun. Yeah. Or the work becomes fun. Yeah. In the prioritizing of it. So I, it's a priority for us to get away. It's a priority for us to have a date. You know, it's a priority for us to do something together. And so now that's good. She's my best friend. For and 46 I, years, almost. Yeah. And, 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 and she was my best friend, believe it or not, before we got married. And so we're probably talking 50, 50 years. Yeah, since, you know, you got married on the uh, on the playground, so yeah, that would be about right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my! Okay, here is one I know you you had to have heard this in session a lot. You fit. Tom, fix him. <laughs> That's right. You have to fix your spouse. That's right. That's true. And 70%, Scott, of couples coming into therapy want the, the process to fix the other person. It's like, our marriage will be just great, Tom, if you could take care of this. this <laughs> Folks, the tea almost splattered all over the floor on that one. Almost, You almost wore that, that uh, English tea. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, but I see a biblical concept in here, too. Okay. Where Scripture talks about don't try to take the, the, the speck out of someone else's eye until you take the plank out of yours. Well, that's right. There is a great biblical principle there as well. So when we begin to focus on the plank in our eye, when we get that right, then we have an opportunity to, that we're going to impact the marriage. It is so important to me, that, and when I teach our, our marriages is, when I go before God for me, and I work on how can I be a better marriage partner, and my wife is going before God so how she can be a better marriage partner, and incidentally, she doesn't have very much more to go. She's, almost, she's there. She really is there. But what happens then is that it doesn't take her decision for me to act on what I believe God is telling me. And it doesn't take my decision for her to act on what God is telling her. So now, it's a great example as we look at when Paul was talking to the churches at Corinth about communion, before he got there, communion was like a three-day festival for yeah, them. It was an all-you-can-eat buffet. It was right. Time went on for three days. <laughs> and then he said, hold the fort, guys. Wait a minute. Let's examine ourselves. Let's look 
at ourselves before God before we enter into communion. Well, I think that same process of marriage is critically important. How we look before God for ourselves. What am I presenting to my wife every day? What is she presenting to me every day? And is it in the in God's will? Number nine. Well, you didn't know we're we're here. We got here. <laughs> yes, Scott. I was a little nervous when we first started. I will confess, Tom. The yeah. final of the nine lies that destroy marriage to compromise is to lose the argument. Well, I don't like to have the argument, so there's no. I don't have this problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've always gotten the last word, Scott. Bye. Bye. Or <laughs> yes, dear. Or well, yes. I'm sorry, dear is the other pay, phrase that pays. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're right, honey. This is another one. Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Boy, I. I mean, I'm not the brightest penny in the bag. Okay. But even I see the lie in this. Okay. That's what the we part of the circle you talked about earlier is. Is the compromise of the two eyes becoming we? Yeah. So that's where you become to have one voice. It's right. typically hers, but well, that goes <laughs> no. without saying. As you said earlier, your opinions are not necessarily those of the management. But so anyway, is is the goal really to win the argument? Is that what we're about? That's where sometimes marriage management by sibling rivalry comes into play. Oh. Oh. Wow. What okay. Did he say? You've never said that before, Tom. Unpack uh, that. Okay. <laughs> Well, one of the ways it, it works is sometimes they begin to treat their spouses like a sibling. When you think about sibling rivalry, it was all about winning the argument. Oh, wow. How about that? I have never looked at it that way. Wow. Mind blown. Yes. Boom. Boom. How about that? <laughs> well, think about how you and your sister would go around and around. Oh, that was just constant fights. See? Were you ever going to back down from a fight there? <laughs> there were sometimes it was better for my health if I did. <laughs> and now Tom's water is about to fly across the room. There we go. Now the page is balanced. Yeah, you, you uh, might. <laughs> that would have been all over your keyboard, Scott. That's uh, all right. I have more back in the back. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, your health would have been better. <laughs> You would have lived. That's a good thing. No, it's always a good thing. So an argument is like a major auto accident that both marriage partners were in. And here's here's a really important question. Would you care about your marriage partner if you were in that wreckage? Would you get out and not worry at all about whether your marriage partner was okay or not? You would make sure she or he got out of the vehicle with you. Yeah. So here's why this is important. On the communication highway, there are head-on collisions all the time, Scott, and we don't care whether our marriage partner at that point is okay or not. See, just if you did care after a head-on collision on the communication highway, that's a step in the right direction. Mind blown thoroughly today, Tom. Thank you. you. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. So, Tom, I know some couples, uh, maybe some spouses today are listening and they're thinking, wow, does this need a little bit of help? Mm-hmm. And sitting down with a counselor would be a good idea. How can they get a hold of you to chat? Well, Scott, I can reach at 419-526-5523. And in Ashland, you can find Tom at 419 496 
Zero seven. <laughs> you were just waiting to see me spit that tea out again, I weren't was. you? I'm glad you weren't aimed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's online at HCC Mansfield and HCCAshland.com. We will continue Love Month next week here on The Session.